Hashem, we thank you for your presence here today. God, it is good to, to worship you. We thank you that when we worship you, you meet us, God. That we can express our love to you and you in turn express your love towards us. And we are so grateful for that. And God, we know you have a word to speak to our hearts today. And we ask that you would give us ears to hear what your word is to us. I pray for good soil in our hearts, that your word would go down deep, Lord, and it would take root and it would produce a hundredfold fruit in our lives personally and most definitely in this congregation. And we thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. This message today is entitled, A Journey of Faith. And it's based on the Torah portion from today, Lech Lecha. So I'm going to read the first seven verses from Bereshit chapter 12. Now Adonai said to Avram, Get yourself out of your country, away from your kinsmen, and away from your father's house, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And you are to be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, but I will curse anyone who curses you. And by you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Avram went as Adonai had said to him, and Lot went with him. Avram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Avram took his wife Sarai, his brother's son Lot, and all their possessions which they had accumulated, as well as the people they had acquired in Haran. Then they set out for the land of Kinnaan and entered the land of Kinnaan, Avram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. The Kinnaani were in, there in the land. Adonai appeared to Avram and said, To your descendants I will give you this land. So he built an altar there to Adonai, who had appeared to him. Amen. Verse 7, not part of my message per se, but I like to always point this out. God gave the land to the Jewish people. Selah, it's it. It's God's promise. That's who the land belongs to. And no matter what happens in the world, politically, etc., the land belongs to the descendants of Abraham. Amen? So this is the beginning of our Jewish people. And as we look at the beginning of this partial, we realize that it has been, if you're calculating, uh, about 300 years since Noah. And there's no record, at least in scriptures, of Adonai speaking during that time. But finally, he speaks, and he speaks to a man named Avram at this time. Later, his name will be changed to Avraham. And in these opening verses, Adonai makes seven promises to, to Avram. One, I will make you a great nation. Two, I will bless you. Three, I will make your name great. Four, I will make you a blessing. Five, I will bless those who bless you. Six, I will curse those who curse you. And seven, I will bless all the nations of the earth through you. And the reality is that all the nations of the earth have been blessed through the Jewish people. The most important and biggest blessing is that the Messiah came to the entire world through the Jewish people. But most of the technologies that we enjoy today came through the Jewish people as well, including, right, smartphones, okay? In fact, my daughter was looking at something yesterday. It was a Jewish woman uh, who I think she's uh, someone who just passed away, and she's like, 
wow, she helped to in, uh, invent the Internet. And my son's like, how did she do that? He said, I don't know, but she wasn't a part of it. She helped to develop this thing which led to the Internet. So when you go and look through uh, inventions, Nobel Prize winners, etc., Jewish people far outweigh the percentage that they should based on what percentage of the population we are. So we can see from this last point that the world has indeed been blessed through the descendants of Abraham in a practical way, but most importantly spiritually because the Messiah has come and that Jew and Gentile can be born anew and have their names written in the book of life is the biggest blessing that we have received from our Jewish people. So these are awesome promises, but that's not what I want to speak on today in my message. I really want to look at Avram and his character in response to Hashem as he began his journey of faith. We know that he was not only the father of Judaism, but many have called him the father of faith because his response to Hashem in this passage marks the beginning of that relationship and that journey of faith. And what we observe in this story characterizes Avram's life long relationship of faith with Hashem. And before we look closely at this man, I want us to read another passage, this time from the New Covenant, that reflects on this story from Bereshit. So turning to the book of Messianic Jews, Hebrews chapter 11, and verses 8 through 10, this writer reflects on Abraham. And he said, so trusting, which we sung about trusting in Adonai several times in our worship today, Abraham obeyed. After being called out to a place which God would give him as a possession. Indeed, he went out without knowing where he was going. By faith or trusting, he lived as a temporary resident in the land of the promise, as if it were not his, staying in tents with Yitzchak and Yaakov, who were to receive what was promised along with him. For he was looking forward to the city with permanent foundations, of which the architect and builder is God. So there are several traits that we see in Avram's life that mark this journey of faith. And these are characteristics that we should seek to emulate in our own personal lives. How do we live a life of faith? Because faith enables us to walk into God's promises for our lives and to impact the world around us for good. Avraham impacted the world in a powerful way. And we too can impact the world, but we need to walk by faith. And Abraham is a man who walked by faith. So we just want to look at a few things here. And the first thing is I want to encourage each of us, don't limit yourself to God's call and purpose in your generation. God's call came to Abraham when he was 75 years old. Now, I reflect on that. The older I get, I reflect on things like this, like Caleb being 85 years old when he says, I am strong as I was 40 years ago, and I'm ready to go up and to take the mountain. So I like those scripture verses. Of course, when I was younger, I liked the, the scriptures about the young people. <laughs> but I get older, I like these verses, but it encourages us. 75 years old when God called him. So if you were on the older end of the spectrum today and you think that you're just going to coast along the rest of your life and your spiritual journey of faith, I want to tell you God has something else in store for you. Okay? And you need to hear what God is saying. Don't disqualify yourself from his call and his being able to use you to impact this generation for good. 
One Jewish commentator said that the first 75 years of his life are passed over in total silence. God calls, God's call comes to him in an instant without forewarning or preparation. It is brief and compelling in its demands, and Abram's immediate response marks the true beginning of his life. I think this is important to understand because so often we disqualify ourselves from the call and purposes of God. And often age is a factor that limits us in our minds. If you are younger, you can feel like your youth makes you an unlikely candidate for God to use. But on the other end of the spectrum, we find those like Avram who are living in the later years of their lives. And once again, we can allow our age to limit us. But age is not the only thing that sometimes we allow to, to limit us. In our minds, we can disqualify ourselves from being used by God in this generation. I want to tell you, God wants so desperately to manifest himself in this world and to, to let his glory be poured out in a powerful way. We cry out, we pray, we have the banner over here, we pray for revival and we cry out for it. I want to tell you, God wants to manifest revival in this land. Our land desperately needs it. As Rena and I were talking in the office beforehand, you know, it's not a political system that's going to change things in this nation. It is the outpouring of the presence of God. It is a return to the biblical standards uh, uh, in our life and in this nation that's going to make a difference. Do we do our part? Yes, we encourage everyone to vote and uh, uh, that was important to do, but ultimately our eyes are on God. And I want to tell you, God wants to move, but God moves through people. And I want to tell you this morning that God is speaking to you and to this congregation. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't say, I'm, you can't use me, God. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm not Jewish. I am Jewish. You know, I, I don't know enough. I know too much. Whatever the reason may be that you would disqualify yourself in your mind, God says this morning, don't limit what I can do through a life that is yielded to me. He's always looking for people who are willing to join him to impact the world for good. So don't let your age, your gender, or your background be a deterrent to hearing the voice of God or being an active part of spreading the good news of Yeshua. The reality is our world needs people who will stand up for righteousness and be a beacon of light in the midst of darkness. That's you and that's me. Avram came out of nowhere. He had no religious training or spiritual background that would qualify him. But God knew that Avram was a man whom he could use to change the world. And Avram did not let anything about himself or his background hinder him from responding to God's call. He didn't say, God, you have the wrong person. I'm 75 years old, and I come from an idol-worshiping family, and I don't think I'm the man for the hour. He did not make excuses to God's call. And we need to emulate, emulate this in our journey of faith because often we come up with excuses. And there are many examples in the scriptures of those who did make excuses from Moshe, who said, I can't speak, you know, when God called him to go to Pharaoh, to Gideon, right? Who says, oh, my family is a delete. You cannot be talking to me. Yet, like Avram, Adonai had a purpose for both of these men and many others in the scripture. Often we come up with, with excuses when we are called upon to serve in the kingdom of God, whether it's in the local congregation, I don't have enough time. 
uh, you know, my schedule won't allow it. Uh, uh, I can't make that phone call. I can't pick that person up. Uh, I don't feel comfortable doing that. I'm too busy. That's not for me to get someone else because that's really not my gifting. And I'm saying this because I want to tell you that most of the time that how God has used me is not because I've been the most talented or gifted, but simply because I showed up. God, I'm here. God, you can use me. But so often we come up with excuses. <clears throat> One article shared these four, four common excuses that people share. I don't have time. I'm not ready. What will other people say? And it's too late for me. So I have a little video I want to show you to give a little perspective on why we shouldn't be I'm too weak, too slow, too big, I ate too much for breakfast, got a headache, it's raining, my dog is sick, I can't right now, I'm not inspired, makes me smell bad, I'm allergic to stuff, I'm fat, I'm thin, it's too hot, I'm not right, I've got shin splints, headache, I'm distracted, I'm exerting myself too much, I'd love to really, but I can't, I just can't, my favorite show is on, I got a case of the Mondays, the Tuesdays, the Wednesdays, I don't want to do this, I'm gonna do something else, after New Year's, next week, might make a mistake, I got homework, well, I feel bloated, I have gas, I got a hot date, my coach hates me. Mom won't let me. I bruise easily. It's too dark. It's too cold. My blister hurts. This is dangerous. Ugh, sorry, I don't have a bike. I didn't get enough sleep. My tummy hurts. It's not in my jeans. I don't want to look all tired out. I need a better coach. I don't like getting tackled. I have a stomach ache. I'm not the athletic type. I want to get sweaty. I have better things to do. I don't want to slow you down. I have to do this? As soon as I get a promotion. I think I'll sit this one out. And my feet hurt. So to give a little perspective, right? So this man is in a wheelchair, and, and yet he can be used, right? And we come up with excuses. I'm tired. It's too cold. It's too hot. You know, I'm bloated. I'm gas. I mean, these are all the things. If you didn't hear what he said, these are different things he's saying. We come up with excuses, and we limit and you could be the very person that God uses to just burst on the scene and to bring revival to your office or to your family or to, your, to this community, but you come up with an excuse. Abraham did not come up with an excuse. He did not let himself be limited by his age or anything else about him. Often our excuses, as I said, limit us and keep us from doing great things from Adonai. And I want to encourage you this morning, and I believe this is a word from Adonai, because my heart is being stirred up. I can just tell you, I, I just know that God wants to do something in the earth today. And I know you may have heard this. Those who have been there a long time, Rabbi Carol, you keep talking about it. But I'm going to tell you, it's just as real today as any other time. And in my heart, there's been a stirring. And as my husband and I have been talking, and I've been talking with my younger brother as well, uh, there is God wants to move, and he wants to pour out you know, revival and, and, and a great awakening in this land. And I want to tell you, this land needs it. We need it. America needs God like never before. But if all God gets from you and me and the people of God is excuse after excuse as to why we're not the ones that he can use. From my favorite TV show was on tonight. I can't go to prayer meeting. Oh, I have to, to do this. I can't go pick this person up. I can't make this phone call. Who is he going to use? Friends, don't limit God. By your excuses. Say hineni. Can we say that together? Hineni. It means here I am. God, I am here. <coughs> Don't allow anything 
to be an obstacle to your faith. Are you a person that God can use today? See, Avram was a person. God knew that he would not come up with excuses. God knew he would not limit him and say, okay, God, I'll give this much, but don't ask for that much because, you know, I'm 75 years old, so I'm not like, you know, that 20-year-old over there, so you can only use me to this capacity. And because I don't like to make phone calls, don't ask me to do that, but I will, you know, speak here if you want me to do that. Oh, but don't ask me to work with the children because, you know, kids and I don't really mix. But if you ask me to go over here and a cleaning, forget it. I don't want to be part of the cleaning. And all of these things, and I say this because this is part of the ministry of this congregation where you're part of, If you don't do it, who's going to do it? And if we don't do these things, how are we going to be ready for when God brings in? I'm telling you, and I was just reading through something I found because I was cleaning out uh, uh, paperwork and stuff, which I tend to accumulate. And so I found a letter Joan Lopez wrote to me uh, a few years ago. And Joan sends her love. Arthur is doing uh, well. uh, And he, uh, you know, they're looking for... A uh, place to to move to from the him from the facility and her sister came up yesterday so that is good so she has family with her uh, but she loves this family and she thanks you all for your support and prayers those who went to visit uh, very much appreciated all the help and the prayers that we are coming but uh, last night as I was uh, going through some things I found a note she wrote to me probably about four years ago Rabbi Keller you said something in the message you, your message recently was about the vision. And she said, I just, something God dropped into my heart. And I say drop because that's literally what I felt happen. And she goes on to talk about how uh, don't give up on the vision that God has given. And shared a couple of, uh, of scriptures because it's going to come to pass. Okay? And what's the vision that God has given for this place to be a lighthouse to the Jewish people of this metropolitan area? That there will not be one empty seat here, that the doors will be open and lines out, okay? That, you know, as we were standing in a, a congregation in the Midwest when we went to a leadership meeting and it was a congregation of 10,000 people and we ended up on the platform by some chance, I'm not sure how it happened, but God showed my husband as we were standing on that platform, congregation of 10,000 people, he gave him a vision of 10,000 Jewish people, men with their talits on worshiping Yeshua, Hamashiach, right? The vision. These things are going to come to pass, but God is looking for people who will say, he nanny. I'm not going to disqualify myself. I'm here at Beth Emanuel, God, for a reason. You call me. You put me here. I'm Jewish. I'm Gentile. I'm a male. I'm a female. Whatever you may be. I'm old. I'm young. I'm in between. doesn't matter to God. God wants to pour out his spirit. He wants to revive this nation. He wants to see our Jewish people recognize who the Messiah is. And you and I are going to be a part of that. I'm not missing out on it. I'm telling you now, I'm not missing out on it. So get on board. That's our song downstairs. Get on board. Come along for this journey of faith because God is going to be moving in the land as never before. And we don't want to disqualify ourselves by our excuses. The second thing that we see about Abraham is a willingness to sacrifice to see the promise of God realized in your life and to impact this world. Now, for me, this is a hooping and hollering message, but I get it for you, it may not be. But that's okay. You don't have to hoop and holler because uh, sometimes it comes across a little like, wow, that's, that's a lot. 
no excuses. Now you want me to sacrifice? Well, that's what Abraham did. He left everything. He left his father. He left his family. He left his country. It was a sacrifice that he was willing to make. Understand culturally what this meant to Avram. First, his father's house at this point was a place of provision for him and his family and status socially and economically. Historically, that's what it would have been. Secondly, he was set to inherit everything from his father. But he was willing to leave that behind. And as he left, listen to this, he understood that he would never return. He understood what the sacrifice was. He knew he was not going to go back to that land. He knew that he would probably never see his father or family members again. And this was not an easy decision, but it's one he made because he was a man of faith. And God saw that in his heart. I can relate a little bit to Avram as I moved across this nation from the Midwest to New York 33 years ago. At least I knew where I was going. Avram didn't know where he was going. Because I felt God calling me here to share the good news of Messiah with the Jewish people of this metropolitan area. I did leave behind family members that I don't get to see regularly. Understanding that sacrifice is a part of the faith life. And sometimes, friends, we need to let go of certain things or even people in order for us to grow and go forward in our lives. Think, what would have happened if Avram had said no? If Avram said, I'm not leaving. Okay, God, I'll do anything else you want me to do, but I'm not leaving my family. I'm not giving up my homeland. There may be no Jewish people today if Avram had taken that stance. This past Wednesday night in the youth uh, teaching, we were uh, studying the same thing as Rabbi Michael's class. So the teaching was on the discipline of fasting. Now, I don't know about you, but I told the youth uh, this is not one of those popular spiritual disciplines. Don't raise your hand, but who fasted this last week? Just think in your mind. Or when was the last time you fasted? For most of us, we fast on Yom Kippur. The reality is, if I told you there was a bagel egg today and sign up, we'd have a, a slew of people there. But if I said, I need you to fast a day this week, very few people would sign up. It's not the most exciting spiritual discipline. But that's part of what sacrifice is, to do things that we don't always want to do. Sacrificing is not an easy thing to do for any of us, myself included. Why? Because we like our routines. We like our comforts. We like our world to be in a nice, neat order that we can control. But it's hard to sacrifice when that's the way we are. And I've often thought to myself, and I've shared in messages and even alluded to it, this morning, how important it is for us to be willing to step up to the plate when the time comes. I love to read about the promises of God for the world and for my life. 
I long to see revival sweep across this nation and especially among the Jewish people. I want to see my family members who are not yet connected to the Messiah come into that relationship. I want to see the sick healed, the blinded eyes open, the deaf to hear, and the lame to walk. I want to witness miracles. I want to see an outpouring of the presence of God that I've never experienced or seen to this point in my life, and I have seen a couple. But then I am confronted with this reality. What are you willing to sacrifice, Carol, to see these things happen? Will I fast and pray for revival? Will I cultivate a hunger for more of his presence? Will I be a carrier of the fragrance of Adonai to the world around me? Will I take the time to reach out to Jewish people to share who Messiah is? Because to do so means I must give up some of my time, some of my comfort, and some of my wants to do these things. You see, it means I'm going to have to sacrifice some good things for the best. There's a cost to living the life of faith. And Avram was willing to pay that cost. God's question to us this morning, are we? We cannot fully comprehend what our sacrifice today may mean not only for our lives, but for future generations and for the world around us. Friends, let's be willing to sacrifice. When God says, fast a meal today, say, he nanny, I'm here. When God says, get out to that prayer meeting, say, he nanny, I'm here. Be willing to sacrifice. And the last thing just from Abraham's journey of faith is that he simply did what Adonai told him to do. Verse 4 tells us, so Avram went as Adonai had said to him. The Jewish commentating that I was reading said, when Avram did leave his father's home as much as God had encouraged him with great benefits to come to his new homeland, he went simply because God had told him to go. It did not matter that he was already of advanced age and its effects were already manifest, and it did not matter what he found when he got there. God told him to go, so he went. That's a good lesson for us to learn in our journey of faith. We need to do what Adonai says, even if we can't see the reasoning behind it, and even if it does not make sense. In our youth lesson, we also talked about the story of King Jehoshaphat because he called for a fast. The uh, Ammonites and the Moabites had gathered a huge army to come against them. They were outnumbered tremendously, and Jehoshaphat called the entire nation to fast. And when they fasted and prayed, God spoke. And what did God tell them to do? Thank you, Dan. He was listening in class. To send the singers out first. Okay? Now, we've, we've preached from this uh, passage before, but there's no military strategist who's going to tell you to send the singers out first into battle. Okay? Whoever becomes uh, President Trump's military advisor, I'm telling you, he's not going to say, this is what we need to do when we go into this country, is to send a bunch of worshipers first. But that's what God told Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat did not hesitate. And neither did the people of Israel. They put those singers right out there. Now, 
we, we can rejoice and we understand the end of the story, but think about it. If you were a singer and you were a worshiper and Jehoshaphat says, uh, you're going first, the army with the, you know, the swords and things are going to be behind you, but you're going to be uh, right there in front singing. Uh, yeah, right. Maybe you were sick that day. I mean, that had to be a step of faith, not just for the king because he wasn't the singer going out in the front, but all of the people who followed what God spoke to the leadership. And they went out there and they began to sing, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And what happened? Man, it was a total victory for Israel as God turned things upside down and inside out in the armies that opposed (coughs) the nation of Israel. And Israel won that day because they simply did what God said, even though it didn't make sense in the natural. One writer says, it's not easy about Abraham not knowing where you are going. Yet if God tells you to do it, do it. Even when it came to this building, I was reflecting on this in my message uh, as I was preparing the message this week. There were many times of uncertainty when we questioned ourselves. I mean, you who are here now and you see this building and you, you don't know what happened beforehand. And I can remember a point where we were like out of money and my husband was sitting on the front stoop, which wasn't a stoop then. And like, okay, God, what are you going to do? And my husband shares often that sometimes you wonder, you know, there's a thin line between faith and stupidity, right? And was this a, a step of stupidity or was it a step of faith? Well, we know it was faith because God came through. He sent volunteers. He sent uh, people who gave uh, financially. You know, when the, the, we, many of you know the story. We were here on the scaffolding. I was right here painting. I was up on the scaffolding, and a person walked in, and, uh, can I see you or your husband? I'm like, well, I can't come down, but if you find my husband, this person found my husband, gave him a, a roll of money. He says, I felt God told me to come and give this to you. It was $5,000. Later, someone gave $100,000 to the congregation during that time. We were, again, running out, and we had to do the whole parking lot and the grounds. And so we contacted someone to ask if they would loan the money to the congregation. And they said, I'll donate it. Come over. My husband put his shoes on as fast as he could. Went out the door, $100,000 given. God's faithfulness when we obey, when we do what he tells us to do. Avram, it says, did exactly what God told him. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know what he was going to, to run into. But he went because he trusted God. And we sang that again today, trusting in Adonai. I will put my trust in you. Why do we find it so hard to obey? Why is it that that rebellious nature within us rises up to confront and question God all the time? Avram didn't question God once. He didn't grill him for details. He didn't analyze the command. He didn't argue with God, giving a 10-point reason why the command was not the right thing for him to do at that moment. He simply obeyed. 
And this obedience exemplifies his journey of faith. For you and me, I think if all of these things, the thing that we could get down in our journey of faith is simply obey. Obey when he tells you to do something, no matter how ridiculous it may seem. He obeyed because God told him to do something. So living a life of faith is a journey. Adonai wanted to take Avram from where he was to a place he wanted him to be. We talk about our purpose every week here in the the welcoming statement to Beth Emanuel. Our purpose is to connect people to the Messiah and get them from where they are to where God wants them to be. And that way for that to happen is for each of us to take simple steps of obedience to God. Avram was called to leave his comfort zone, his idolatrous background, and anything that would hinder him from pursuing God and fulfilling his destiny in the world. He made no excuses but was willing to sacrifice to see the promises of God come to pass, not just for himself, but for future generations of Jewish people. If you are here today as a Jewish person, you are here today simply because Avram obeyed God. It's part of your heritage and something you need to emulate. He obeyed God simply because God told him to do something, and the rest of the story is history. We are here as a nation because of this man's faith, and today Adonai is calling you and me to continue in our journey of faith by following the example of Abraham. I can tell you as we do so, the promises will come to pass in our lives. Our nations will be impacted. Revival will come. Jewish people will flock to this place seeking the Messiah. My encouragement, I believe, from the word of the Lord today is let us continue to walk strongly and boldly in our journey of faith. Amen. Let's rise as we close in prayer. Hashem, we thank you for your encouragement to us this morning. God, we want to be men and women of faith. I pray that you would help each one of us to eliminate the excuses, uh, to be willing to sacrifice, and to simply do what you tell us to do. Father, my heart is stirred. I believe that there are things that you want to do soon in this nation. I believe in this congregation and in this metropolitan area, and we want to be ready for what you want to do, God. So I pray in this place, with my husband and I and the rest of the leadership team and everyone that calls this congregation their, their congregational home, that you would find a group of people who are committed to walk by faith. Like Avram, that we would uh, be willing and ready for the things you speak to our heart. And we thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. I'm going to close with the ironic benediction. And uh, then Reverend Michael will uh, close with a song after that. Uh, we have a prayer from 2 to 3, Hebrew from 3 to 4. If you're a woman, uh, we're going to meet with Myrna and myself. Actually, we'll, let's meet towards the back out in the foyer. It would be better so it's easier to talk about the woman's retreat. But I want to just close with this blessing. Yevarecha Adonai v'yishmerecha. May Adonai bless you and keep you. 
Amen.